0: A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. Star Wars. Tales from the Empire. Stories from Star Wars Adventure Journal. Edited by Peter Schweifer. Read by Decade Bird Publishing. Slaying Dragons. By Angela Phillips. Improper passcode. Access denied. A plume of smoke from the end of the canyon heralded the approach of the dragon. Vaini drew closer to his elder sister as Vici activated her lightsaber. Vaini trembled at the sound of twenty powerful reptilian legs plunging toward him in deadly synchronization. But Vici was not afraid. Though only sixteen years old, She held the mighty power of the force tightly in her hands. The dragon drew closer. Access granted. Shannon Vurson set her story platform aside and turned back to the monitor. Finally, she muttered. This code had taken longer to slice than usual. Still, she reflected, any code one computer can generate, another can imitate. First law of slicing. Now, she thought... Let's see if we found anything interesting. Oh, yuck, she sighed when she saw the contents of the file she'd entered. A register of six new Star Destroyers nearing completion at the nearby Kuwa Drive Yards. What stupid names they have, she thought. The Impervious, the Penetrator, the Inflexible, the Indomitable, the Inexorable, and the Exterminator. If I were naming Star Destroyers, she thought, I'd give them names like the Iron Hand, the Raptor, or the Titania. Still, what do you expect from people with so little imagination they let computers come up with their access codes? Shannon heard voices through the thin prefab walls of her room, someone had entered the apartment, and her parents were greeting the visitor. Deciding to investigate, she saved the Star Destroyer files under the password dumb names and shut down her computer's code program. The Vursan family had been techs at Kuwat Freight Port for generations. Most of them had spent their entire lives aboard the station, they were born in the company wellness center, educated in the company school, apprenticed to and then hired by Kuwat Port Support Services. They married co-workers, raised their families in company housing, and rarely left the station, even to go so far as the planet Kuwat itself. There was no reason to leave, the company stores on the station provided everything they needed, the pay and benefits for KFP workers were among the best in the system, and they had the pride and satisfaction of knowing that, as members of the Kuwat engineering conglomerate, they were helping build the finest starships in the galaxy. Still, every so often a Vursin would look beyond the comfortable walls of a station apartment to see what the rest of the thousand thousand worlds had to offer. Shannon's cousin, Dean, was one of these wandering Vursans. Dean. She squealed excitedly at the sight of the young man embracing her father. Oh, Dean, it's you. You're finally here. Where have you been? What have you been doing? Shannon leapt at the guest. Her cousin turned to catch her. Hey,
1: little bit, I've missed you.
0: Oof. He grunted as he tried to lift her off the floor.
1: You've grown, little bit, let me look at you. You're so tall now, and your hair is so long when I left, you were a baby, with braids only to your ears. And Aunt Nell had you sleep with a scarf on to keep them from standing straight up in the morning.
0: Nell Vurson nodded, and smiled wryly. Now I have to keep her from chewing the ends. Oh, Dean, said Shannon, I've missed you so. Come and see my room. It's all different now and I have my own computer and everything. She tugged on his hand. Dean smiled indulgently at the child.
1: I've missed you, too, little bit, but don't you think your parents want to talk to me, too?
0: Oh, go with her, Dean, said Nell. You can talk while Johan and I get supper on. I can't believe you're really here, said Shannon, hopping up and down in the center of her room. It's been four whole years. What have you been doing?
1: Slaying dragons.
0: Shannon laughed. No, Dean, really.
1: Really? Well, sort of. Helping to slay artificial dragons. I've been working as a tech.
0: He took a seat next to Shannon's computer. Where?
1: Oh, different places,
0: he said. His dark eyes wandered over the room.
1: Are you still reading those old stories grandmother gave you?
0: He asked as he spotted the story platform on her computer. Yep, said Shannon, even though Mother says I should outgrow them, like dolls.
1: I don't see many dolls here,
0: said Dean. Yep. I like computers now. I'm a slicer. I can slice into anything. Anything? Dean asked, chuckling. Anything. So who do you work for? What kind of work do you do? Do you get paid a lot? Do you fix droids, or ships, or what? Hey, said Dean,
1: one question at a time. I work for some friends I made, right after I left here. They're good friends. I don't get paid a lot, but I like what I'm doing. Mostly I work on ships. What kind? Small Starcraft, mostly, but some larger ones, and anything else that my friends need fixed. I have to be flexible.
0: What's the hardest thing you've ever had to fix? Dean paused. Well, he said, glancing at the closed bedroom door.
1: A few months ago, I had to adapt some airspeeders to operate at 20 degrees below freezing.
0: And did they work?
1: Well enough. That's Vici of Alderon, isn't it?
0: He asked, pointing to the story platform on the computer. Yup, it's still my favorite. Vici is so brave.
1: One who has the force need have no fear.
0: Dean murmured.
1: That's what Vici's grandfather tells her.
0: Say, Shannon asked, did you get a chance to visit Alderon? Before? Dean shook his head.
1: No. I never did. I wish I could have. But I never had the chance.
0: It's not fair, said Shannon, settling on the floor. That I never got to Alderon," Asked her cousin. That they blew it up. Stupid empire. Why'd they do it? Grandmother always said Alderon was a planet of peace and beauty. There weren't any weapons there. Why'd they do it? Because of that, said Dean, pointing. Because of my story platform?
1: Because of that story,
0: said Dean. That story,
1: and others like it. The stories of Alderaan were more dangerous to the Emperor than any weapon.
0: How can a story be more dangerous than a weapon? Asked Shannon.
1: Because of the ideas in it. On Alderaan, people still believed in the Force. On Alderaan, people remembered the Jedi Knights and the Old Republic. The people of Alderaan remembered the way things were in the galaxy before the coming of the Empire, before the days of hate and fear. And their stories, libraries, and universities held all of the ideas that can destroy the Emperor, that love is stronger than hate. That people are stronger than weapons, that combined together the people in this galaxy have a strength the Emperor can never oppose.
0: Dean's eyes were shining. So the Emperor, said Shannon, destroyed Alderaan to destroy all these ideas? He tried,
1: said Dean, but he didn't succeed. He can never succeed. The only way for him to control all the ideas in the galaxy would be for him to kill or enslave everyone in the galaxy, and that's impossible. He can't win. The more crimes he commits, the more people will stand up to fight him.
0: Dean, asked Shannon, are you a rebel? Dean put a hand to his mouth. It's all right, Shannon added, I won't tell anybody. Not even mom and dad. Here. She said, switching to the computer, look what I found today. Just before you got here. I'll give you a copy if you want.
1: How did you access this?
0: Dean asked, staring at the list of Star Destroyers. Do you have any idea? It's easy to slice into Imperial files, they have computer-rigged pass names. I make up my own codes myself. Usually animal names, like Nerf or villain, or even dog. I can't believe this, Dean said, still reading the data screen.
1: Do you know what this is worth? Do you know what will happen to you if someone catches you at this?
0: No one's ever gotten past my codes, said Shannon proudly.
1: Maybe no one's ever considered investigating the files of a nine-year-old girl, said Dean. You've got to stop this you'll get yourself killed.
0: Shannon bit her lip. Does that mean you don't want copies of the files? Mistress Vursen called them to dinner, cutting off Dean's answer. Gathered around a pot of stewed billin, the family discussed the last four years, Shannon's schooling, Nell's promotion to senior docking supervisor of Kuwat Freight Port, Johan and Dean's work as techs. Johan complained about impatient starship captains expecting miracles. Dean told horror stories of combating heat, cold, humidity, dust, ice, offensive flora, fauna, microbes, and every other threat to machinery on backwater worlds he neglected to name. You actually found moss growing in the ship's coolant coils? Asked Johan. Yep, said
1: Dean. Two hours before launch. Did you get them cleaned up in
0: time? Dean grinned. Skin of our teeth. The Force was with you, his uncle said. Nell frowned slightly. It's good to have you home, Dean, after so long. I was beginning to think you'd left us for good. And now? She said, here you are. Are you in trouble, Dean? Do you need anything? No, her husband protested. Can't a boy fly in without an ulterior motive? Dean stared at his plate. Actually, he said poking his custard with a spoon, I was wondering. Ah, here it comes, said Nell. My friends, Dean continued, the ones I
1: work with. They've had some problems lately, lost a lot of equipment. Lost? Asked Nell. Uh, yeah, damaged. Beyond repair. How? Asked Johan. Well, there were a lot of asteroids, and, it's a long story but the point is, we need a Colony Class 23669 Power Generator,
0: and... Why don't you contact the factory, then? asked Nell. If you put your order in now, you could have the generator in six months or less, barring rush orders from Imperial Procurement.
1: We need it sooner than that, and we've heard a generator's being shipped out of here to an Imperial outpost within two weeks.
0: I don't see what that has to do with you, said Johan.
1: Well, see, Aunt Nell, you control the docking stations, and we figured if we could arrange docking clearance, you could slip in our barge driver in place of the Imperials.
0: I cannot believe, Nell said, that you are sitting at my dining table talking about hijacking 25 million credits worth of power generator as if you were asking to borrow a speeder.
1: But Aunt Nell?
0: You're talking about stealing that generator, aren't you?
1: But, we could pay you.
0: Nell's mouth fell open. Johan found his voice. Dean, do you hear what you're saying? This isn't just another prank, like the time you sliced into the school comm system with phony evacuation drills. This is treason, Nell finished. Dean, I don't want to hear another word about these so-called friends of yours. Now, because you're my nephew, I'm not going to turn you in and we're all going to pretend this conversation never happened. Is that perfectly clear? The meal ended in silence. Shannon couldn't sleep that night. Hearing voices from her parents' room, she crept to their door to listen. The Alliance is desperate for equipment, Nell. Do you think I care? Johan, that Alliance will never feed my family or give Shannon an education that'll get her off the station? But the Empire owns this system and everything in it. Including us and they have ways of disposing of traitors. Accidents. Johan, do you honestly believe it was a coincidence your brother died in that reactor malfunction less than a week after he'd repaired those rebels' ship? Nothing is worth the safety of my family, Johan, nothing. Not the Alliance, not Alderaan, not even Dean. Shannon didn't stay to hear her mother's answer. Dean left the next morning after a tense, silent breakfast.
1: If you change your minds,
0: he began. We won't, his aunt said. Now drop the subject. But if you do, Dean persisted,
1: I'll be in system for a few days. Here's a signaler you can use to contact me,
0: he said, dropping the handheld electronic device on a table near the door.
1: May the force be with you.
0: Destroy that signaler, said Nell after the door had closed. I'll do it, Mom, said Shannon snatching up the device and darting to the reclamator. The appliance disposed of the morning's trash with a satisfying crunch, but the signaler remained hidden in Shannon's pocket. The elder Wursens behaved as if Dean had never come. If Shannon mentioned his friends or his request for aid, she was sent to her room without discussion. I can't understand it. She said to herself on one such occasion, It's not as if the station doesn't mix stuff up all the time, she thought. Mother's always complaining about this or that going missing. Bugs in the station net, that's what she always says. If she gave Dean that generator, everyone would just think it was another computer mistake. Rolling out of her bed, Shannon flipped on her computer. A few minutes and slices later, she had the list of upcoming exports scrolling across her screen. There it is, she thought a CC-23669 generator, to be picked up at loading dock 42, at 1430 hours, five days from now. All right, she thought, if I change the pickup date, mother will surely notice and stop us. Can't change the dock number either, that would make a huge fuss. But if I change the time, how long does it take to link a driver to a barge? Daddy says he can do it in less than an hour. Would two hours be enough? She changed the pickup time to 12.30 and hoped her mother wouldn't notice. Then she pulled Dean's signaler from under her pillow. Who are you? asked the security guard. Shannon gulped and tried to look cute and harmless. Shannon Vurson, ma'am, she said. Oh, Shannon, the woman said, recognizing the child. Why aren't you at school yet? What are you doing here? Shannon knew that "I'm running away to join the rebellion" would not be a popular answer to that question. Fortunately, she had come prepared with a lie. My daddy forgot his lunch, so I'm bringing it to him before I go. A Billund sandwich, see? She set her portable computer down and opened the thermobag to thrust it into the guard's face, so that she was sure to catch the aroma of Bastinian tangroot. "'Oh, ah, yeah, sure,' said the guard, pulling back and blinking. "'Go find your daddy. I'm sure he'll love it.' "'Thanks,' said Shannon." She bolted off, thinking that raw tang root was pretty stinky, but there was no way that guard was going to dig past it and find Dean's signaller. She continued down the corridor toward her father's work area for a few more steps, ducked into an alcove, peeked out to see that the guard was gone and then doubled back toward Dock 42. The techs hadn't arrived at the dock yet that morning, so Shannon had no trouble slicing her way into the cargo container with a few connecting cables from her portable computer. After a surprisingly long crawl over, under, and around the generator to the front of the container, she settled down with her bookships to wait for Dean.
1: You sure this'll work, Dean?
0: Said Bu captain of the Rebel Barge Driver Long Run.
1: For the thousandth time Boo, yes. My aunt is the docking supervisor at this port. She wouldn't have signaled for us to come if she didn't have everything at this end arranged. I didn't live through the evacuation of Echo Base just to get blown out of the sky by my own family. I'm not nearly as worried about your family as I am about what you've done to my sublight engines," said Boo. I didn't do a thing to your precious engines, Boo," said Dean. All I did was add an ST box so the port will read our transponder signal as the imperial drivers. Standard operating procedure, straight out of Kraken's field guide, I do it all the time. Yeah, well, you seem to be getting pretty close to my cobulators with that hydrospanner. Oh, quick griping and hail the port, we're practically on top of them.
0: Boo Rahl shrugged and opened a channel.
1: Kuwat Freight Port, this is Drivecraft 36DD requesting permission to link with the barge in.
0: Boo paused to check a datapad.
1: Loading dock 42.
0: Drive craft, your transponder signal is unclear, said a cold voice from the station. Please transmit clearance code to confirm your identity. Boo gave Dean a pointed stare as he sent out the code.
1: Uh, sorry about the transponder, kuwat, he said. New tech on board was tweaking the sublights, obviously got a little carried away.
0: Identity confirmed, answered the controller, uninterested in Boo's explanations. Driver Didi, you are early. Link text will be at dock 42 at 14.30. Boo turned again to Dean, who gestured innocence but said nothing.
1: Ah, uh, are you sure about that, what?" Asked Boo. My orders say pick up at
0: 12.30. I will check, Didi, said the controller. Boo shut off the comm.
1: Isn't that one of your aunt's people?
0: Dean nodded.
1: Then what's the problem? I dunno.
0: Kuwat hailed the driver. It seems you are right, driver Didi, said the controller. You are listed for 12.30. Dean smirked at Boo. However, there will be a slight delay. The text orders say 14.30. They will be back on duty within the hour.
1: No problem, Kuwat. I'll wait
0: said Boo. He shut down the calm again.
1: Now what? he asked Dean. We wait for the text to finish lunch, like you said.
0: Boo rolled his eyes.
1: What if security decides to visit us while we're waiting? Boo, you worry as much as my friend Vorin. said Dean. Security will be on break too. Yeah, off playing Wackabothan, or bobbing for calamari. Boo sighed. I hate waiting, he said. Finally, I thought they'd take forever,
0: said Boo as they received the signal that the last of the linking clamps had secured the cargo container to the barge driver.
1: Kuwat, this is driver Deedee,
0: he said, cutting off the latest scarlet-rated offering of Billy B and the Paradise Gang inhaling the station.
1: I've linked up to the barge here, and I'd like to check the cargo before I leave. Go ahead, Deedee. All right, Dean,
0: Boo said as he cut the calm.
1: she's all ours. Let's take a quick peek and vanish before the real barge driver Didi shows up.
0: Dean entered the airlock connecting the access hatch on the cargo container.
1: Is the generator all right?
0: Asked Boo as Dean entered the hold.
1: The generator is huge. You don't really want me to spend two days inspecting. Wait, eh? What?
0: I saw something move. Hi, Dean, said Shannon, popping into view. Is this the generator you wanted?
1: Shannon, who's the kid? Boo asked. My cousin. Shannon, does your mother know you're in here?
0: Of course not. We'd better get moving. We? Said Dean.
1: What do you mean, we?
0: I'm joining the rebellion, she answered hauling out her portable computer. Now come on, we've got to go.
1: Absolutely not, said Dean. You are going straight back home. How? said Boo. The dock has been depressurized, and I'm not too thrilled with the idea of calling the techs back, having them unlink us and repressurize the dock, explaining the kid to security, and then waiting to get linked up again. I'm not crazy about dragging some poor kid into danger, but we have no choice. She's on for the haul.
0: He's right, said Shannon, climbing into the driver cab. Close those hatches and let's go. But. Dean began. The Imperial driver will be here in less than 30 minutes, said Shannon, checking her chrono. Set our coordinates for hyperspace, comrade, she told Boo.
1: Name's Boo. Now keep quiet, kid, I gotta talk to your mom's folks.
0: Shannon nodded. Dean stood in shock.
1: Kuwat, this is barge driver Didi. My cargo is secure and I'm ready to go.
0: Affirmative, driver Didi, said the controller. You may leave port when ready. Thank you for choosing Kuwat Engineering and please be careful of repaired drones on your way out.
1: No problem, Kuwat, said Boo, and thanks for everything.
0: He began piloting the barge away from the dock.
1: This is almost too easy, he said. Dean, your aunt is the best.
0: What did she have to do with it? Asked Shannon. I set the whole thing up.
1: What do you mean, you set it up?
0: Asked Dean. Mom was too scared to help you, you knew that, Dean, Shannon said. So I changed the pickup time.
1: And aunt Nell doesn't know a thing.
0: Boo was astonished.
1: The kids set this up. I'm impressed. Great cousin you got here, Dean. Though it would've been nice if she'd gotten the text here
0: sooner. Sorry, Boo, I, uh, sort of forgot to change their orders. Said Shannon. How long till we can jump?
1: We've just cleared tractor beam range, let me get past that one drive craft. Ah, uh, no, I don't believe it. What? Asked Shannon. See ahead? That's the real barge driver 36DD. Come to pick up the generator. You sure?
0: Asked Dean. The calm light flashed. Unknown driver, said the controller, return to dock immediately. The three rebels looked at each other.
1: Keep going,
0: said Dean. Repeat, said the controller. Unknown driver, return your barge to dock and you will not be harmed. Yeah, right, muttered Boo. The Imperial Drive craft positioned itself between the Rebels and the Space Lane. Get around it, said Shannon. How? said Boo. The
1: long run ain't no snub fighter linked to a loaded barge, it moves like a drunken hut. What's its shield tolerance like?
0: asked Dean, pointing out the viewport, where at least a dozen TIE fighters were converging on them.
1: Oh, beautiful, said Boo. I knew this was too easy.
0: The calm light blinked again. Unidentified driver, said a familiar female voice. This is Senior Controller Vurson with your final warning. Reverse your heading and return to Dock 42, or our security forces will open fire. Lovely, Boo muttered.
1: Dean, take the guns. Blast anything between us and freedom. Wait, said Dean, I have an idea. Shannon, follow my lead, he said, slapping the calm panel. Controller Vorson, he said, call off your attack. We have your daughter.
0: He nudged Shannon. Mom, mom, it's me. Don't shoot, she said. The calm panel was silent. You think that'll stop them? Shannon asked. Laser blasts bounced off the driver's shields.
1: There's your answer,
0: said Boo. Take the guns, Dean. Dean hit the firing buttons. The small turbolasers managed to hit two oncoming ties, and three more were disabled by flying debris. Dean kept firing. Rebel driver, said Nell Vurson, her voice touched with panic, turn back now. Security will not permit you to escape. A tie's solar panel clipped their shields, the tie flew apart, colliding with one of its fellows.
1: Boo. The shields are gonna go any second,
0: said Dean, still blasting at their attackers. Rebel barge driver, said Nell Vurson, this is pointless. Stop now or be destroyed.
1: Sorry, auntie, there's no going back now,
0: said Boo. Rebel. Dean. Nell pleaded. Dean, think of what you're doing, think of Shannon, security won't listen to me. She shouted, they won't let you go.
1: I'm sorry, Aunt Nell,
0: Dean began.
1: Watch the ties.
0: Boo warned, the stream of tiny fighters continued to pour at them. We're gonna hit that driver. Shannon cried as the Imperial Barge 36DD loomed before them.
1: Not if they're smarter than we are,
0: said Boo. Dean bit his lip and Shannon covered her eyes as the drivers converged. Nell Vurson's voice continued to beg for sanity over the calm panel. A bead of sweat rolled down Boo's face.
1: I don't think they're gonna.
0: At the last moment, the Imperial driver ducked beneath the long run. Their shields brushed, buckled, and collapsed as they zoomed past the other ship and into clear space. Four laser bolts from four different ties burst past the long run just as Boo pulled the jump levers. <sighs> all three rebels held their breath as the star lines merged into the blur of hyperspace. Are we safe now, Boo, are we safe? asked Shannon.
1: Depends on two things, said Boo. First, whether or not your mother called ahead to Venner or Reneg for interdictors.
0: And whether or not we hit somebody, Dean finished. Shannon crept into her cousin's lap and laid her head on his shoulder. All three rebels remained tense, Silent, waiting for either a fatal crash or a jerk out of hyperspace into Imperial custody. The minutes dragged on. Shannon realized that, whether she lived or died, she would never see her parents again. She began to cry. Dean held her close, wiping her tears and rocking her. Hey, said Boo softly.
1: It's been 30 minutes. We're clear.
0: We're away. Said Shannon. Boo nodded.
1: Free and clear, kid welcome to the alliance. Little bit, said Dean, I'm sorry I got you into this.
0: I'm not, said Shannon, putting on a smile. Come on, now, Dean, let's go slay some dragons.